All right, welcome back. In today's video, we're going to be looking at a historical perspective again, because I believe this is the best way that we can learn and predict the future by looking at what happened in the past. So we're going to be looking at the 1970s period of inflation or stagflation, if you want a more accurate uh, description. And then we're going to compare this to what's happening at the moment, looking at inflation, and that should tell us what we might see next. And then I'll end by telling you some of the assets that performed the best during this period so that you can best protect yourself and your finances. All right, let's get into it. I was writing an article this week for the private community. It's, I know, seven pages long. So if you've got access to this, definitely read it because it's all about the sort of demise of the US dollar and how the US dollar will finally collapse. Um, and I'm not saying it's going to collapse next week or anything like that. But eventually it will do due to, you know, all the things that have now happened with Russia and oil and other countries trading outside of the petrodollar, all these different things. So it's worth a read if you've got access to it. Definitely check it out. And writing this article this week reminded me of something that I'd completely forgotten about. It was obviously in this, my subconscious mind somewhere as a memory of when I was six or seven years old. Now, I don't remember the 60s or the 70s or anything like that. I'm, uh, you know, too young for that. But I do remember in the 80s, actually, going to buy a chocolate bar. Like many of you, I had a sweet tooth. And I remember that I had 25p, so 25 pence for those of you not in the UK. And I went to the corner store, as I always did. I knew the guy in there. I used to go in there or, you know, whenever I had any change and I'd buy a chocolate bar. And I remember going in with this 25p one day, grabbing my favorite chocolate bar, putting it on the counter, putting the money down. And he said, oh, it's 30p now. And I still remember the shock of, of that event taking place. 25p now, it was 30p. Now, back then, I didn't know math like I know now, but that's a 20% increase that occurred very, very quickly. And the reason I remember that story, because it was embarrassing for me at the time, I didn't have another 5p. But anyway, the reason I'm sharing that is because something actually happened last week, which again was embarrassing. I was with my wife, we were in the supermarket, we had a trolley full of food, and we, you know, put it through the checkout. And after all this was done, bear in mind, it probably took us an hour to go through the store, I went to reach for my card, and it wasn't in my pocket. So I asked my wife, can you pay? Because I haven't got my, my wallet. And she said, I haven't got my wallet either. So we didn't have money to pay for it. And I only had a hundred pounds in cash in my pocket. And the bill was about 115 pounds. And the lady said to me the same thing as that guy had said when I was six or seven years old. And she says, okay, do you want to put it back then? Now, if you've never heard this before, then you've obviously, you know, very wealthy and you've never lived through this. But I've had this a lot of times in, in life, especially when I was younger, where someone at the checkout would say, what do you want to put back? What items do you want to put back? And actually, this was very common back in the 70s and 80s period. People would have to put items of food back all the time. And I think we're starting to see it again now just from speaking to cashiers and people at the checkout. They're definitely talking about this sort of thing again. Now, I just wanted to show you something on the shared screen again here. And these were the unemployment numbers of the time. In fact, let me just go here so you can see better. So if you look at the 1970s, unemployment uh, reached its first peak here at 5.9 or 6.1%. And it leveled off a little bit. And then we went into the second, because you've got to remember there was three recessions back then during this period. 
It then went up again and we hit about 9%. It dropped back down to 5.7. And then as we went through the 80, so we get to about 82 here, and we reached 10.8% unemployment rate. Now there's another rate that isn't talked about a lot, and that's not just the unemployment, but that is that people that had you know, part-time jobs or, or they weren't in full-time unemployment. And this rate crept just above 20% for this sort of period. Now, I'm talking specifically about the 70s, but a lot of this runs into the 80s, and some of it even runs earlier than that into the 60s. But what do we have through this period? We had high inflation, stagflation, high unemployment, high taxes, high debt levels, and to top it all off, we had poor economic growth. Now, we haven't got some of these at the moment. We don't have the high unemployment. We don't have the poor economic growth. But I do think that we're going to see these as we go into 2023. Perhaps not the high levels of unemployment, because this takes a while to build up. But the uh, low levels of economic growth, I definitely think we're going to see this as we go into 2023. But I, I, I mean, I probably think it's going to come the end of this year. Anyway, we're already seeing a slowdown. What, what, what do we see last month? 0.1%, 0.3%, depending on the country in terms of spending and growth. This is because people have started to go through all the stimulus is long gone now, but savings are starting to run down. A lot of people uh, are running down their savings. Now, the other thing I want you to bear in mind when we're talking about today and comparing it to the 70s is that inflation back then was around 10%. That's where it peaked. Right now, if we were to use those same CPI metrics, we'd be at around about 17%. So already we are miles ahead of the inflation from back then. I'm going to get into that um, in a moment as to why. But first, I want to play you a short video. So this was the um, UK Prime Minister, James Callaghan, back in the 70s. We used to think that you could use, spend your way out of a recession and increase employment by cutting taxes and boosting government spending. I tell you in all candor that that option no longer exists. It only worked on each occasion since the war by injecting a bigger dose of inflation into the economy, followed by a higher level of unemployment as the next step. That's the history of the last 20 years. So there you go. That was coming directly from the prime minister of the time, James Callaghan. And he's just covered what we talked about. This high dose of new, let's call it currency creation into the economy leads to high levels of inflation. And what we haven't seen yet is the high levels of unemployment. I don't think this is going to come in yet because there are so many jobs available. There's a big gap between the number of jobs that are actually out there and the number of people that actually want to work. We've, we've seen a lot of boomers as well starting to retire. A lot of them retired early. I've covered this on other videos and talked about pensions and everything else and assets, etc. So we are seeing this big gap at the moment in the workplace. Now, I want to keep this moving because you know me, I'll talk for hours on all this stuff. So I want to go to what I feel was one of the contributors, one of the catalysts for a lot of things that happened. It wasn't everything. There was a lot of things that occurred during the 70s that I feel caused the high levels of inflation. But one of those things I want to talk about is what occurred on the 15th of August 1971, a date many of you will be familiar with. And this is when President Nixon took the United States and therefore the world off the gold standard. Why do I say the world? People often say, what do you mean when you say the world? Well, everyone was pegged, all the other currencies, fiat, 
were pegged to the dollar because the dollar had all the gold. Why did they have all the gold? Because after World War II, Europe and everyone else was just uh, decimated at the time. So what happened was the, the US actually were providing a lot of goods and services and the production for the world uh, in some regards. So what happened was they had these huge amounts of inflows of gold um, at the time. So this is definitely one contributing factor, but it wasn't all of it. There was another event that took place in 1973. This was an energy shock more than anything. And this came about not from OPEC, but OAPEC. Uh, it stands for Organization of Arab Petroleum Exporting Countries. So they place an embargo on a number of countries, including the USA, um, for their support in the Yom Kippur War uh, with Israel. So you have two things going on here. You have the support for the war, and then, you, <laughs> which is ironic, that just clicked there, what's going on right now. And then you have Nixon taking the dollar off the gold standard, which led to a devaluation in uh, other currencies around the world. Most importantly, the devaluation of the dollar and the loss of a lot of income for these oil producing countries. Again, a lesson from today. What happened back then in the 70s, the oil price quadrupled very, very quickly and we saw CPI peak out at about 12.2%, which is interesting because if we go to the shared screen here, we go to the CPI that just came out a couple days ago now. What do we have here? Energy is 32%. Energy commodities, 48.3%. So the next oil shock that we need to talk about then is 1979 sort of period. And this centers around Iran. Let me just read out what I made a note of here. So in 1979, the oil shock sent inflation uh, going much, much higher due to a revolution in Iran, which made oil output decline by about 7%. So this was global production, about 7% at the time. Just a year later, then we remember what happened. It was the Iran-Iraq war, which made uh, output decline even further. And you'll probably recall I talked about rationing just a couple of weeks ago. In fact, that was a very popular video, one of the most uh, viewed videos on the channel in a while, actually. So let's talk about what happened in the 70s. So under Nixon, again, there was energy and fuel rationing. In fact, he actually, if my memory's correct, he requested or, or ordered all fuel stations or gas stations across America to close on weekends. So this was a Saturday and Sunday. Now it wasn't just confined to the USA. There were a lot of issues in the UK as well. So there was a three day work week for the UK because they couldn't get enough coal. There wasn't enough coal production, ironically, in order to create electricity. Now, another point to this then and links to today, look at what's happening in China. Look at what's happening in other countries. Um, Look at China where they um, can't get enough coal or, or they couldn't get enough coal. They're starting to get a lot more imports now. But look at this. China is also rationing. So if you look at some of the output at the moment from manufacturing, why is it down? Yes, there's lockdowns and there's COVID and all the other stuff in the country. But another reason is because they haven't got enough energy. So what they've been doing is rationing energy to certain parts of China on certain days of the week. So this also is putting a dampener on um, not just the energy in the country, but the output economically. And I just wanted to read out a couple more things then. 
that I've noticed that are occurring today and they also occurred back then. One of these was the stimulus. So stimulus right now disincentivized a number of people to work. There was also some, it wasn't stimulus back then, but there were other programs going on which created a disincentive for people to work. So we had that, that's number one. Number two was this wealth divide that we're seeing now. This was very prominent as well back in those days. Right now, it is getting to an extreme level. And yes, it can keep going. Some people say, well, Neil, does that mean that it's going to peak out um, this year or, 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 you know, in the next few months and then that will be, you know, chaos? No, it, it can keep going. There are certain levels, um, especially in Western countries, that it can reach before you start to see this societal uh, disruption. We'll use that word. Another one then was again societal so a lot of riots and protests and all these sort of things that we actually saw in 2020 in 2021 all these protests and riots and different movements going on this again was very prominent back in that period another point then was people wanted more government intervention when else did we see this in the great depression diaries People wanted the government to just grow and grow and grow. And also there was this myth that government spending, by the government spending more and more money, would grow the economy, which is actually counterintuitive. That isn't how it works at all. It actually does the opposite effect. And then the final one I just want to mention, because I could name 20 different ones here, but that is the politics that we're seeing at the moment. We don't have this same polarization that many of you who are in the United States have. Um, in Europe and other countries, we don't quite have it in the same way where it's either left or right, blue or red. And if you're on the other side, then you're my enemy, which is often what I, what I hear and, and see, especially when I was in the US. I was very surprised. I think I told you know before on a video, I've mentioned this, where I saw someone getting assaulted in the street who was wearing a, one of those red MAGA hats um, you know some guys decided they were going to just beat him up in the street for wearing his and he was only a young kid as well he's probably about 17 16 years old but this is a sort of crazy polarization that we've seen over the last few years and there's more to come uh, and again we saw this back in that sort of 70s 80s period as well but i want to just go to the shared screen again for a moment and i want to look at food inflation. So you think what food inflation is now, 8.8, .8, but actually it's 10% because what we're focusing on here is groceries. Food away from home, 6.9, which is what pulls it down, but it is actually 10%. And actually this was one of the biggest inflationary uh, markers or metrics back in the 70s. It was food. The other big component was clothing. So we don't really have this same issue today because we have globalization. However, we're going to talk about globalization in a moment as one of these pegs that have fallen. And another thing that, that sort of concerns me is the amount of new currency that was created and injected into directly into the economy during 2020, 2021, as well as government debt, corporate debt, uh, personal debt. Households have pretty much doubled their debt in recent years. It, it's gone up that much. I would say a lot of that is, is not just credit cards and loans, but it is auto loans, but it's mainly, you know, if we had to dig into it, I would say the bulk of that is housing. So it's mortgages. Another one is HELOCs that a lot of people have taken out. But actually, let me talk about globalization now because I do think it's important. The reason I think we're seeing so much 
greater inflation now than we did in the 70s, which was known as this period of high inflation. And again, I'm talking about this 17% measured with the CPI as it was back then, is because of this uh, breakdown in globalization, because of all the closures in China and all the other places. Again, I talked about this, uh, I think it was this week or last week, as to why the USA is gonna have a big problem in the future, because none of the manufacturing, or, or most, should I say, of the manufacturing that people used to do has now gone overseas to lower wage countries. And unfortunately, a lot of these lower wage countries are not partners with the USA, although they're, they're trading partners, but if it ever came down to some sort of military conflict, they are gonna be partnered with Russia and BRICS nations and some of these other uh, countries. So these are all just you know small things that I'm talking about here, but when you start adding them up, they become quite a big deal. So I said I would talk about what actually did well and what didn't do well during this period. Well, one thing that I've never forgotten is that the Dow Jones, if you bought into the Dow Jones at a point in 1970, and then you sold in 1979, you would have made the exact amount, uh, the same amount of money. You wouldn't have grown. It probably grew by a couple of percentage points. But actually, if you look at it in inflationary terms, you would have lost around 50%. The same with bonds. If you had bought bonds through this period and the, the rate you were getting on bonds versus the inflation rate, you would have lost money in terms of purchasing power. So what did do well then? Precious metals, no surprise there, gold and silver, 10x or more. Some of them actually did 15x, it, it depends on how you measure it. Farmland also did very well. And not just from owning the land and the, the land going up in value, but also you've got to bear in mind all the crops that people grew on the land, they were able to sell those as well. So I guess we could say, in effect, it was tangible physical assets, which is what we talk about a lot now. Own these physical assets is what uh, did people well. Real estate was an interesting one. It did well in some areas, it did poorly in other areas. So if you had California real estate, I think it went up by 300% or so, or let's just say three times, because I don't remember the exact percentage point, but it went up by a significant amount. But other places, it, it wasn't quite the same because of government rent controls. Now, I personally think we might see government rent controls coming in again. Now, it's probably not gonna be this year, but it will have to come in eventually because of the rent increases going up so dramatically before we hit into a housing market decline. But once the decline comes, this should pull down rents, although it'll probably have a two or three year lag before it actually does that, but it should pull them back down. So I think this, the period in between is just too long. So the government may have to introduce uh, rent controls. And then finally, before I tell you what actually solved all of this, I just wanna say thank you for everyone who bought me a coffee over the last couple of days. I really appreciate it. If you don't know, I'm trying not to do sponsored videos on the, on the channel as, you know, as often as I can and just relying on the buy me a coffee link. And look at the size of this mug, actually. It's a, it's a big mug. So thank you for those of you who bought me two or three coffees over the last couple of days. Really appreciate it. And if you would like to do that, the link is in the description. Thank you. Okay, so the last thing then was Paul Volcker, so Paul Volcker, 79 through to 87, 1987, he actually raised rates all the way up to 20%. This finally put a lid on inflation and brought the inflation rate back down. However, I would argue that there was one other thing that also contributed to bringing the inflation back down to earth. Yes, the interest rate rises did it, 
but the other thing was the recession. And so here's the lesson that we've got from history here then. Interest rate rises above the rate of inflation plus, or should I say leads to, a recession in most cases, almost all cases, thereby pulling down inflation. So if you're looking for when this next recession is going to come in, I still think that you're probably going to be in a recession by the end of this year. But I think these rising interest rates, raising interest rates, are going to pull this down back to earth. And it would, then we can finally see inflation coming back down. But I don't see it anytime soon. I think we're a long way off inflation coming back down to earth yet, especially with all of these new energy shocks and now the closures in China, meaning more supply chain breakdowns. So I know this was probably a little bit of a longer and more boring uh, statistical sort of video for you, but I really do hope it helped today. Um, uh, and I'll see you again tomorrow going for a nice walk and talk as usual. Uh, so take care, God bless and see you tomorrow.